Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Take me to the king. Hello, podcast listeners. My name is Kelly Richardson Lawson. I'm a mother, a wife, and an entrepreneur. I started the Sunrise Project after our beautiful teenage son attempted to take his own life. Truth is, I'm tired. My husband and I felt despair, isolation, and immeasurable pain. I knew in my heart we needed a place for Black parents to share their struggles, find mutual support, and help our beloved children who struggle with mental wellness, addiction, or both. Each weekly podcast features an expert who shares their knowledge and takes questions from parents and children. Take me to the king. I don't have much to bring. The Sunrise Project allows Black families like ours, to find comfort in knowing that we are not alone. While the purpose of the Sunrise Project is to share, support, and uplift, this conversation is not a substitute for medical advice. Finding the right healthcare professional for your family's specific needs is crucial. If you do not feel seen or heard, you should speak to more than one professional to find the right fit. Good morning. And thank you for being here this morning at our weekly Sunrise Project call. As always, I'm so delighted that you've woken up this morning and come to be here with us as we work together to have a safe space filled with love and compassion and mutual desire to heal our families and ourselves. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. This morning, I am so excited to welcome Tina Lifford with us uh, for as our special guest speaker. We all know her and love her as Aunt Vi from Queen Sugar. Uh, we love the relationship she has with Hollywood, and we just love who she is on screen. And what I know for sure is that I love who she is off screen even more. Tina Lifford has created a program called the Inner Fitness Project, and she's the author of this incredible, incredible book that I am actually reading right now called The Little Book of Big Lies. It is powerful. It is life-changing. And I'm working uh, through it with an incredible group of women um, via Tina Lifford and her, um, her work. So Tina is CEO and creator of the Inner Fitness Project. In addition to being a critically acclaimed actor, she's appeared in over 100 films and projects. And again, I just want to say thank you. Appreciate you being here and so excited to have you work with us as we work toward uh, inner fitness. So welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Kelly, for inviting me, you know, hanging out with you in uh, the ways that we have been able to since meeting has been nothing but joyous 
Oh, so appreciate you. And I, I'd love to just share about how I met Tina and how in that moment I knew we were going to be friends, lifelong friends. Uh, I was at Essence Fest a few years ago and Tina had written and produced a play uh, and said, hey, I'd love for you to come to that. And then the, my immediate thought was, no, I can't do that. I have to get home. But quickly I said, no, I need to go. Something in my spirit said I needed to go meet Tina. I went to the play. I was moved to tears because I felt so much of what was happening in that play. And then we became friends. We started talking, we started working together um, ever since then. So Tina, I'd love to just have you share with everybody here today, share with our village of listeners. Um, tell us about that play. Tell us about your journey and how you created the Inner Fitness Project. Really want to focus on that, the Inner Fitness Project and some of the principles in the Inner Fitness Project. Right. Well, it uh, again, it's a pleasure to be here. And uh, I always find it uh, an honor to be in the conversation of well-being. Um, and with the Inner Fitness Project, part of the intention around the Inner Fitness Project, uh, first off, it is a well-being initiative um, where we are making our inner selves as important as the physical body. So where physical fitness strengthens the body, inner fitness strengthens our lives, strengthens the most important part of ourselves, which is the inner self. And most of you, I'm sure, know that the inner self, the mental, emotional, and spiritual self does not get the kind of attention that, um, your physical body does. And yet it is the mental, emotional and spiritual self that carries all of our experiences. And so without understanding the mental, emotional and spiritual self, we wind up not having the connection, the awareness and therefore the tools and practices necessary for processing our internal experiences appropriately. And the Inner Fitness Project is not just, you know, one of the voices sharing or shining light on that, but my commitment is making sure that in every conversation, there are actionable ways that we can take this concept of caring for the inner self and making it a practice that we can walk away with and get benefit from almost immediately. Life is a highway and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches, but there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. I love that. In fact, one of the principles in your book talks about the power of creating our story and pivoting from a place of, um, you call it, you know, up until now, you know, this has been my reality or this has been how I've responded or reacted to certain situations. And many of us up until now have been dealing with challenges that we may not have ever thought we would be experiencing with our children. 
The power of that next phrase, though, up until now and then from this point forward is so yeah. powerful. Can you talk about that, please? Yeah, absolutely. It is It is indeed one of the most powerful concepts that I've ever bumped into. And I, I learned it years ago um, in a two-year spiritual psychology program that I took. Um, and it's very simple. And I invite you... Um, to actually try it on right now. If you can bring to mind a challenge, whatever that challenge may be, it may be with one of your children, uh, but it also may be just some internal secret, some internal um, you know, overwhelm or insecurity or whatever trauma that you have been managing over the years probably if you bring that to mind and then we're going to apply the up until now and from this point forward frame so what we're going to do is uh with that in mind think about how this has been for you up until now and then add to those thoughts but from this point forward, it can change for the better. From this point forward, you can, every single time you find yourself having that same old habituated conversation with yourself, every time you're in midstream conversation and you say, well, I always this, or you know, this is how it is, you can stop yourself. You can make an agreement with yourself right this moment to stop yourself and then restate what you've just said using the up until now and from this point forward frame. So the moment we start doing that, there's a little bit of light. There's a little sense of possibility. And I'm assuming that you felt it. And that sense of light, that sense of possibility is truth on the playing field. It's God on the playing field. It is you and your habit being disrupted so that your body, your sense of yourself, your unseen psyche can make room for the truth for the possibility, for the time in your life that is better than what you have been experiencing up until now. I love that. And I have been practicing that with Kyle, my eldest, really looking at the new possibilities and looking at the fact that he will be okay. You know, instead of worry and hope and worry and fear, really transitioning to uh, faith and the higher power that he is going to be okay. He's walking a different journey and that's okay. I love that, Kelly. And in that, you know, sunrise, and I so love that, that title, um, in that sunrise is dealing with caring for our children in, in new, more conscious ways. I, I would love to share my story about my brother who actually died of a drug overdose two weeks out of rehab. Mm -hmm. 
And, you know, for years, my, my brother started smoking marijuana probably when he was 11 or 12. And things just progressed from there. If that's the only part of the story I tell you, then it's like, oh my God. And of course, the, the stealing and the not knowing where he was and seeing him high and all of that, you know, becomes incredibly typical in terms of how our country um, and families traditionally or yeah, traditionally respond to that kind of behavior. But if I stop and tell you that my brother uh, was dyslexic and, and it was un, undiagnosed, that my father, who was an amazing daddy to his girls, treated his boy with, a, with his fists. My father never, ever would have put his hands on his girls. But with his boy, he loved differently. And I actually believe that my father's love of my brother was absolutely real. But my father also was dyslexic. My father could not read. My father held or, or hid that from my mom for eight years in their marriage in the beginning. Most of the people in his life outside of the family, I don't think anyone knew that he couldn't read. And my brother was to my father's you know, shame following in his footsteps. And my father was so much more street savvy and capable uh, and grew up in different times. So he managed his lie that A, you know, he couldn't read and B, that made him less than in some way. And my brother wasn't as good at that. And so, I absolutely know that my brother's addiction is very much tied to his undiagnosed problems and the abusive way that my father parented him. And so it was in, you know, one of the many, many, many spiritual awakening and spiritual psychology and personal development courses that I have taken over the years that I realized that I was holding my brother to standards and to a way of being that he was never exposed to, that I was demanding in my presence and in my words that he be a certain way without ever actually acknowledging and seeing him as he is where he is with his own story. And I discovered my unloving, because it is unloving 
when we stand before another human being and see ourselves <laughs> without seeing them, it is unloving. We don't mean it to be unloving, but it is unloving because every human being wants to feel safe, seen, and heard, mm -hmm. right? And, and so from that, that um, course that I took, there was the opportunity to, to sort of rewrite the story. And, and I'm sorry that I don't have what I rewrote close by so that I could read it to you. But what I realized was that my brother was not less than anything or anyone. And that God had no issues with my brother. That God's love was still present and available, and that my brother's value did not boil down to whether or not he used drugs. And there was just so much more in that awakening for me. Uh, and I give thanks for that to this day. And my brother's been deceased now for, I think, probably close to 13 years, but I give thanks for that awakening regularly. Kelly, did you find it in the book? I did find it in the book. And I believe it's, I believe it's the part where, and if you don't mind, I'll read a couple of sentences. Yeah, I believe please. this is right. It's in that framework of up until now that I so love. And this says, there is no such thing as a wasted life. Life is so much bigger than my small purview. My brother's life is bumping into life and creating more life. I trust that life can take care of itself in my brother's hands. This is speaking to me right now about my sister. I trust life has use for Steve. In truth, life is not unhappy. One bit being expressed through Steve. Life aims to express. Steve is so perfect a place of expression in any I know or have seen. Life accepts Steve in its portal and so do I. Steve's life teaches me to look and love beyond the surface. His life teaches me to experience life's sometimes painful complexity and still see the good. Steve's life reminds me that everyone is multifaceted. Each of us is dark and light, strong and insecure, capable and lost. And through it all, life through love is compassionate, understanding and profoundly protective and accommodating. Steve teaches me to love him by wanting the best for him and by accepting him, by accepting him as he is. Thank you, Steve, for the wisdom you bring in my life. It speaks volumes to me on so many levels. So thank you for that. Yeah, thank you. You know, thank you for, thank you for reading that and thank you for allowing yourself to be present with where you are and how that touches you and the reordering of your thinking that your tears allow. We've been taught 
so many lies. In the little book of big lies, I define a lie as any okay. event, person, or experience that distorts how we see ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it was that teacher, you know, who who made you feel stupid or, you know, said you couldn't do something, whether it is, you know, your parents' divorce that upset your sense of stability and sense of self, whatever it is, mm-hmm. any person, event, or experience, feeling that left or leaves us feeling less than not good enough or incapable. It is a lie. The event may be real, but our interpretation of it has lied to us. And it is incumbent upon us to revisit our interpretations in all the areas where we have become distanced from ourselves, where we have fallen into some distorted, you know, house of mirrors perception of ourselves and recognize that from this point forward, we can proactively step in and begin to offer ourselves radical self-love. Radical self-love and radical love of the other person, I think, right? Well, well, what's beautiful about that, Kelly, is yes, you know, radical self-love will actually teach us to love radically, right? Mm -hmm. And I actually put forward the notion that so much of how we deal with others mm-hmm. originates in our own lack of love, mm-hmm. lack of self-love. Goodness. And yeah. so if in fact you are projecting onto others your insecurities about how life should be, your fears, because you're trying to make yourself feel safe, make yourself feel important, make yourself Mm -hmm. whatever, projecting that onto others makes us one of those distorting events and experiences. Mm -hmm. And -hmm. when you take an inward look, you will see that you literally are taking your own damage, taking your own ignorance, taking your own self-judgment that has been handed to you from others probably judging you. And now you are handing it off to someone else. Mm. So radical self-love is accepting that in the book, um, the little book of Big Lies, I make a couple of statements that really have become foundational to my life. And um, one of them is that when it comes to self-love, there is never, ever a 
a justifiable reason to think poorly of ourselves nor speak harshly to ourselves, not for any reason at any time under any circumstances. It is simply unacceptable. Now, that is radical self-love because it requires us to be with ourselves the way a really conscious and practice that loving parent would be. That we, we can love ourselves and still hold ourselves accountable. We can love ourselves and still acknowledge where we must change. We can love ourselves and still apply discipline to our actions. But when we reject ourselves, it leaves a hole that we will spend a lifetime suffering with if we don't learn how to fill the hole that self-rejection creates. That's so powerful on so many levels. I think people are writing in the chat, absolutely, self-love opens up a whole new world. You can learn a whole new level of compassion once you learn to love and forgive yourself. That word forgiving, forgiving, I think that speaks volumes to me too. How often do we blame ourselves or guilt ourselves or shame ourselves or think, I must be a bad mom. What did I do wrong? You know, and that is hurtful too to ourselves and and it's opposite of the self-love and so I just wanted to acknowledge that person that put the comment in the chat because I think forgiveness and I'd love your thoughts on that Tina as well how do we how do we learn to love ourselves and forgive ourselves if there may have been things that we you know some some mistakes that we may have made along the way right 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 well there's a couple of things that, that come forward immediately. The first is that it is the habit of judgment and the habit of self-judgment and the habit of ideas about perfection, which are lies, that set the stage for a need to forgive. So as you begin to pour love into yourself, your relationship with forgiveness will change because you will act with compassion and understanding and judge yourself less and therefore judge or be with others better. So self-reflection, you know, inner fitness work that connects you with yourself actually helps you heal and see in a new light all of the strategies that you have have erroneously used up until now to sort of try and make life be more manageable fit your ideas better and that's exciting because you will find yourself needing to forgive less because you have greater understanding and being willing, feeling a a sort of self-affirmation that you can forgive 
when forgiveness is appropriate, that you want to honor both yourself and the other person when it is appropriate, that you want to be mindful and quick to fill in and make whole in those areas where you have spoken harshly or been the cause of some other distortion or lie. So forgiveness is a great indicator. You know, our relationship with forgiveness becomes a great indicator of where we are in our relationship with ourselves. I love that. And I'm allowing that to sink in for me. So I know that will be tremendously helpful moving forward um, from this point forward. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. I want to do, it's about, uh, we're about halfway through and I'd love to open up the floor for any of our callers to ask a question. Good morning. Good morning. And, um, good morning. Um, Tina, you are so lovely. I can't believe you look so amazing this early in the morning. So I want to thank you for sharing with us um, what you said is so resonates. Um, and I want to just ask, as you have personally gone through this journey of being able to reflect upon yourself in such a knowing way, how long and at what period did you start to realize the importance of this journey and how it would impact your life and what precipitated it? Yeah, great questions. I would say that I, I, I am an old soul. I am an old soul. And um, in the little book of Big Lies, I, I talk about you know, being in the second grade and walking to school on the edge of the sidewalk so that my friend could walk, my invisible friend could walk with me. I came to know that that invisible friend was what some people call God, but I was in an active relationship with an unseen force. In the second grade, I knew I wanted to be an actress. You know, when I was coming up in the Midwest, electives like drama were a part of the schooling matriculation. So I knew I wanted to be an actress when I was in the second grade. In the fifth grade, I was good at a lot of things and I signed up for the talent show, the school talent show. At 10 o'clock in the morning, they sent out a roster. <laughs> I saw my name as first on the performance list. And I went, oh. now I was good at a lot of things. But for some reason, I wasn't prepared to go first. And when I saw my name first, whatever happened, it, you know, I took a gulp of fear. And now it's 10 o'clock in the morning and that gulp of fear lives inside of me until I make my way to the stage 
at like one or two. By the time I hit the stage, that fear, the, you know, the rumination that this could go bad, that being first is bad, that I could mess up, that this could be problematic, all of that. Literally, I got two or three words out of my mouth and froze. And I froze so completely that they had to come, my, my teacher finally, you know, after the pianist trying to help me find my way, my teacher finally saw that he had to come to center stage, pick me up and take me off stage. And, you know, I wanted to be an actress. And so um, I went through uh, that, 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 that experience receded. I didn't think about it, but somewhere in my career, it got triggered. And literally preparing to uh, go to an audition was an excruciating experience. To this day, I don't like auditions. I mean, literally my hands would shake. And my relationship with this unseen force that I call God was always a reminder that I have a responsibility to a larger idea of myself and life that requires that I get super curious about this experience that limits me, that limits my idea of myself and do whatever is necessary to make sure that I live the life that is my possibility. And so it was that, it was my brother's addiction because it tortured me, you know, my brother was the sweetest human being and to see him struggling and, you know, all of my fears and, and, and ignorance around that just, you know, made watching him even harder. And my father, who was a really good man, you know, I, 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 my family and I, we talk often. My mom is still alive. Now, my, my father was not a great husband, though he loved my mother, but he wasn't a great husband because he was managing so many insecurities and his own undisclosed pain and projecting it off onto my mother all the time. And that looked like control. That looked like anger. And eventually it became abuse. But when my father was like about 77, he sat on my couch as, you know, me as a grown woman, he sat, he sat on my couch and he shared something that he had never shared with another human being in his life. And that was that when he was somewhere around 10, 10 to 13, I don't remember, he came home from school and found his mother in bed with someone who wasn't his father. And he shared that that image had crossed his mind every single day since it happened. And so that 
without ever having talked about that trauma, without ever having, you know, the tools or the space to process that. My father, whose greatest desire was to have the family that he had, he broke that over time because he was managing, he wasn't managing his trauma. He didn't even know that there were things that he should do, must do to support himself and to support the things that are important in his life. And so those three things left me just always hungry for answers, hungry to have a better understanding and then as my own awakening was happening and literally, you know, lies and, and, and a greater sense of freedom was happening. It was like, how can I share this? How can I create an understanding that others can take ownership of and be proactive and get relief sooner than later. And the last thing I'll say is the paradigm shift for me was I would go to church and in church I would, you know, get filled with the with the presence of God and I would see the minister on the stage and love the the heightened place that he was speaking from. But when I left there, I was thinking about him I wasn't thinking about myself and I needed to learn how to be him. I needed to learn how to take ownership and walk in my own, you know, alignment with greater truths. And at the Inner Fitness Project, I will happily say that we do a very, very good job of helping people return to themselves and discover what is true for themselves and begin to work with self in ways that are surprisingly fun and rewarding and fulfilling. Yeah. <laughs> So powerful. I can attest to that. Um, the inner fitness work that Tina does, I have been participating in one of Tina's programs called the Inner Fitness Circle. And she is facilitating this incredible 12-week journey with a group of women, strangers, total strangers. We meet once a week and it has been incredible. In the first couple of weeks, I was like, what is this? I don't know these people. You know, there's that question, you know, there's that judgment that pops in the head. Like, I don't know these people. Can it, can they relate to my crazy life? You know, after a few weeks though, it's like, we're all the same. But you said earlier, we're all the same. We may have different jobs. We live in different cities with different challenges. Our kids' names are different, but it's all, we're all the same. Those fundamental truths that you talked about, Tina. So I'm just, I'm just double clicking on that to say, I encourage people to check out all the amazing work and programs that you offer 
because it has been life-changing for me. And the book has been life-changing for me. So I don't say that that often, but I'm very true when I tell you that people to explore your book, buy the book and explore your programs at tinalifford.com because I think you can help change the world. And I'm so grateful that you're here with us. So I want to share that. Um, I wanted to see if there's any other people that have some questions or any questions or thought for Tina. Um, I just wanted to say that um, I'm so appreciative. I feel like I'm a baby going on my journey. And a lot of my journey has been on learning a bunch of stuff. And it's just really unlearning things that... Um, I got an A in, right? Uh, I got an A in how to proceed in these areas and long-term these areas have not served. I mean, and it's deeper than just the, you know, white supremacy culture characteristics that we've all been in. It's deeper than that. It's, it's deeper than that because it's deeper in just generational cultural things that come from family. So it's deep culture, it's surface culture, it's just all of it. And so what's been helpful is listening to you. You're putting into words kind of what, what I needed to hear, like the impact and the consequences of not managing trauma. And hearing your story and how you're explaining it and knowing the work that I've been having to do just to be a better mom. And the journey was be a better mom, do all these things. And then to hit before I got into, right before I got into sunrise that it really isn't, I can't be a better mom until I started in unpacking all of my stuff. And it's been painful. And it's been really trying. I would not say it's been pleasurable in the least, but I do appreciate having you here. And I appreciate this platform, Kelly, because it's a reminder that, you know, there's no comfort in doing the work and it's a painful journey. And what I can say to, the, to this platform is my relationship with my kids my sons have definitely improved and my relationship with my loved ones have improved because I, I'm really comfortable saying, I don't even know. I'm really comfortable <laughs> now being in that position of just saying, and it's really been tripping them out because I usually quote unquote knew. Now I'm like, yeah, yeah, about that. Let's just see, uh, let's learn together. And they're like, you used to be so judgmental. And I'm like, yeah, I was wrong. I'm just saying. And it's really unsettling. Everybody in my family is like totally unsettled. And I'm like, yeah, about that. I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what to help you with. But I'm like, my flaws have just taken precedence over your needs right now. And it's, and I know it's flipping them out over, you know, with this shift, but, and then the pandemic even made it worse. I'm like, oh, wow. I really am counting the hairs the gray hairs and I really see the flaws in me and it's so consuming that I don't have time to really nitpick and I don't have time to be judgmental I don't have the space with all that I have to unpack with my own emotions and grief to deal with I could be a good listener but I'm like yeah about those answers buddy I don't know 
So I just want to thank you guys for that. There's nothing else to say, but I just wanted to put that out there in all honesty. Yeah, yeah, I so appreciate that share because what you are doing with your loved ones is you are modeling um, vulnerability. You are modeling the um, need to actually self-investigate. That's a huge gift that you are giving uh, in the midst of your dis-ease with trying to figure yourself out. We have passed on to our kids all of these ideas about getting through life. But we've passed this stuff on from this never let them see you sweat mindset. And never let them see you sweat is a lie. It is, it will constipate you. It will make you inauthentic. It will leave you managing shame and overwhelm while you look, you know, beautiful and powerful. It is problematic. And by you saying, I don't know, you introduce into the relationship with another and life, the vulnerability and the openness that lets something greater than you that does know in. And that's the beauty. And I, and I will tell you, you know, that you say that, you know, it's so painful and, and doing this work is not fun. And you were right up until now, because I will tell you that I, I experienced a trigger um, last week and the, the distance between or the time between triggers is long, much longer today than when I started learning the tools for better uh, managing and creating better well-being. But life is always going to be bumping into us. So the idea that we're going to get to some plateau where it doesn't happen, that is a lie. And we, 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 we want to get comfortable with the notion that life is always going to be showing up the way life has been showing up for millions of years. There will always be, you know, traumas and dramas and, and you know, pandemics and emotional pandemics and, and mental pandemics. There will always be those things because that is innate to life. But it becomes exciting. There is a sense of uh, accomplishment as you begin to interact with those things differently from a more centered, okay, now I have to be on alert. Now I have to manage my thinking. Now I have to tell myself the truth. Now I have to ask myself, am I responding from survival, you know, from thriving, 
or from that greater self. And that's the good news. I remember I was coming out of my garage probably about 10 years ago, you know, and I was experiencing some angst around some relationship. And I stepped, my garage is down. So I stepped up the two steps into my kitchen and I doubled over and I said, oh God, this is so hard. And then, this, I mean, seconds later, I broke into laughter and I looked up and I said, but I get it, I see it. <laughs> And I see it. Yes, 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 yes. So we can inject into our experience a whole new way of being with life. And we have to learn that that's possible. Up until now, our fears, our need for certainty, our thinking that we had to be some idea of perfect that is a lie, we can give those things away. And from this point forward, we can begin to experience a level of excitement about discovering how powerful and capable we are in the face of life and truth. Mm. Thank you so much. Um, I'm so appreciative. I just wanted to put it out there. You know, I, I really am trying to be my real and authentic self. And I really appreciate you just putting it out there like that because it's just been hard, but it, it the changes in family dynamics um, it's really been a challenge understanding that if I want to make the paradigm shift, if you're going to try to change the shift in family, if you're really trying to do the educational reset, you got to is, If who is, if, if who is really, yeah, own it, own it. If it. Yes. If I'm trying to do all of those things, I have to just be vulnerable and I have to just show up the way that I am. And when they ask me questions, I'm just like to be able to say, I'm trying to take care of me so that I can even understand some of the things you're bringing to the table. Cause sometimes I don't, I'm like, I don't even know what y'all talking about right now, but just giving that space for me to do my own homework to even try to understand. But I realized that some things that they were saying to me, I wasn't receiving because I wasn't taking the time out to do my own work. So I, mean, I just want to put that out there. And so to that, and I do thank you, Tina. And I thank you, Kelly, because that whole shift of I'm coming to this program to learn about how to support my child ended up being, I'm coming into the program to really learn how to be a better me. And in that example, I'm helping my child. And that I did not expect that at all. Yeah. Neither yeah. did I. And so I just want to say, I appreciate your share so much. I appreciate your comments. That is exactly my experience. It's through this work. I have learned so much about me and the way I'm judgmental, the way I am challenging. And so I just want to say thank you for sharing. 
Thank you, Tina, so much for being here this morning. Please, of course, support Tina and look for her programs at tinalifford.com. They are incredible, life-changing, and we got just a tiny taste of it and the magic of it this morning. There's so much more that she provides and weekend circles and groups and classes. So please support her there. And I just want to say, continue to be here on Sundays. We, our intention is to impact Black families all over the world for good and to help one another. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm going to turn it over to Kelly Chapman, please, to close us out in a prayer. Thank you. Father God, we thank you for this moment, for this opportunity to witness the gifts and talents of our dear sister, Tina Lifford. She is truly, as you say in your word, the light of the world. We thank you, God, for using her to show us that your love is present and available to all of us, to us as parents and caregivers and to our children. God, your love is present and available to both of us and our children despite our circumstances, our choices, and our behavior. Your love is patient and kind, not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Lord, help us not to take our own past trauma and situations and circumstances that we endured in our own lives and project that onto our children. Help us to never speak poorly of ourselves or to ourselves. And in turn, let us speak lovingly and encouragingly to our children. And God, we say thank you again for your grace and mercy. We thank you that as you set us free, we are free and our children are free. And we cannot wait to begin anew today. In your son's name we pray, amen. Amen, amen, Kelly. Thank you so much. Thank you all again. Thank you, Tina, so much. Love you to death. And um, thank you. I really appreciate you being here. Have a beautiful thank week, you. everybody. And uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. I'm Kelly Richardson Lawson, and you've been listening to the Sunrise Project podcast. You can follow Sunrise wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't yet, open your podcast app and follow this show. Join us next week for another gathering of support. Thank you for listening. If you or someone you know is struggling with mental wellness challenges, contact your doctor, NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness, or both. You can reach NAMI's helpline at 800-950-6264, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern Time, or email at info at NAMI.org. Volunteers are working to answer questions, offer support, and provide practical next steps. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. 
Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.